Welcome to the Freud's Angels podcast, where two highly intuitive women dig into everyday problems using our connection to the divine, psychology, and energy work. We support you in your self-awareness, growth, and aid you in your shadow work. Now we're your hosts. I'm Vanessa. And I'm Grace. Let's get into the show. Hi, angels. Yay! It's so we exciting are. to hear that. I know. <laughs> Recording in progress. <laughs> I know. It's been a minute since we've been doing some recording. We pre-recorded most of the summer so that we could take time off. You know, it only it lasted, what, two months? And then we're like, I need to, I want to record. We were just yeah. so like, lost and like, <laughs> I don't want to do it. So... Here we are back again because yeah. miss doing this. We miss creating this for you guys. We still have like four different episodes that are waiting to be posted and they will be. Um, I'm going to post one this week coming, but, <clears throat> and this is the end of July, excuse me, when we're recording this. So we're in midsummer. We're, we're, it's hot here in Washington state. We, we had record heat this last week of a hundred and something degrees with oh humidity i don't recommend that whatsoever ever yeah um in the desert it's one thing but not not up here so yeah yeah so vanessa how how has your fun time summer been and 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 what are we going to talk about today well i mean it is totally like jumping back into the saddle and knowing that you know and what other people don't know of behind the scenes of like where that even came from to take that break but really like what has come within that break yeah like major but we didn't really we didn't really take a break (laughs) like we took a break recording but it was like I don't know probably a week and a half after that I was like uh you want to talk like (laughs) because we're so used to every week showing up and kind of dumping and receiving and you know like uh, kind of just that that connectivity and and not having it 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 was like a loss at the same time but also really we did a lot of good work to bring back with us in into this new energy and and it was necessary and that's that 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 thing that we talk about all the time of how we are doers and how we like to you know like create and all that kind of stuff but practicing the pause being very important too and that it was almost like forced or felt forced you know like because like my life was in turmoil and I was you know all of this kind of thing and me getting myself together and feeling like what am I going to do? And then it, it, it just, I don't know. There's something about that, that energy that you get into of like making it worth it. Yeah. yeah. And that's what I think it was, was like, if you are going to take this break of doing something that you really love doing, you better make it worth it. (laughs) Absolutely. I mean, I feel we both have had some major epiphanies and major understandings about ourselves and how we work and some of our, you know, our own woundings and what we're tending to where we, even though we took it and then we thought, okay, we're going to enjoy our summer because we need a bit of a break. We were recording every week and that, 
and and for me I was teaching two different classes and and mm-hmm. then I was recording and then I wasn't spending time with my friends and then mm-hmm. I was becoming more and more isolated and then I was feeling like I need to let go of something yep. and so I you know I finished two classes and I thought okay I'm done at this date I I want fully a break of everything on my weekends mm-hmm. if we want to go to the beach you know and leave at 9 a.m on the Sunday morning I want to be able to say, yep, I'm, I'm in, I'm ready. Let's go. Let's go to the beach. And, mm-hmm. or if I just want to do something by the way of, you know, just going and doing something or, you know, it, for me, it felt important to have that freedom. And it's mm-hmm. not to say that I couldn't have said, Vanessa, I'm not recording. I need, I need to go do stuff, but it also felt like I was letting a part of me down because, you know, while we <laughs> laugh and joke and we say, you know, we dump on each other, we receive this part, this support, this mutual support is part of our structure in life. This Sunday morning support hour, it was, you know, people go to church. We yeah. come to, we come together. <laughs> we create our own church in a sense with yeah. each other to help support each other through life, through what mm-hmm. we're experiencing. You know, this turned this podcast of this altruistic idea of helping others has turned into our own safe space of saying all the things that we couldn't share with someone else and that they would understand on a level that Vanessa and I understand. And so it's become not only just recording of a podcast, it's becoming a space of this is how we gain resiliency is because we help support each other. We, we are able to reflect what we see in a very loving, honest way where mm-hmm. neither of us is going to be like, look, you're being a little unrealistic, you yeah. know, <laughs> unless, you know, unless like I, like if I'm doing the self badgering thing and you're like, okay, let's, let's wait, hold on. <laughs> it's like, yeah. that's not necessary. It's like reminding that kindness is key, you know, especially for ourselves. Yeah. So it's interesting how when we go with our hearts open to give, we end up creating situations where we're also receiving. And yeah. I think that that's something that I I hope that you all hear in the beginning of this podcast and really, and I'm going to repeat it. When you open your heart to give mm-hmm. in a way that's loving and that's full of spirit and that's full of love in a way that you don't have expectations, you're just giving because you know that in your heart you're called to give and and share your gift there is a a reciprocation the universe is like spirit god is like thank you thank you for sharing your gift with the world Mm -hmm. in the way that you can and doing it in such a way that is of service let me give back to you let me create this space between two friends that is has become rather essential in our well-being that and it's not to say we don't receive support from other friends but mm-hmm. we have a different alchemy together than say me and someone else or you know there's different ways we receive support from others but the way Vanessa and I do it's like this reset button of the week of okay mm-hmm. you know what i i've made the space at my own table for this event this this idea this epiphany Mm-hmm. But I don't have to act from it because I've expressed it. And I've shared it with her and I've mm-hmm. even shared it with my therapist. And so there's levels of healing that happens. And it's like, oh, okay. I don't need to frame my week through the lens of my trauma. Yep. I can leave, sit it at the table. It's right there. It's not going anywhere. 
but yet say, okay, I see you. We'll work together, but I need to do my week this way. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. It helps us give that our sense of, you know, autonomy over, over the trauma. It gives us power and resiliency. And that's what, yeah. long story short, that's what we've created together and for, and, and to help each other. And yeah. I, 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 I don't know, you know, how it happened, but I'm grateful. <laughs> me too and as you were talking i got like a little teary but then i also got like an an epiphany coming through of even just you know like what you were saying of like you know taking the pause and feeling like um you know like kind of getting out of the obligation part of it because that's i feel like we we tend to do that again like we're doers we're like we are responsible for being there every week because that's we will be letting each other and ourselves down if we don't show up every week right and and how we've grown from that into being able to say i don't feel it this week or 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 to, to kind of talk and then be like oh you know what we don't feel like and like you can see the progression of that and this being like one of those big it, we the separation i got goosebumps talking about it right now the separation has occurred <laughs> of like this we weren't doing this because we, because we did it right. Like, because we started it and now we have to do it. Right. Like, which is, I think for both of us, we're very, we want to be follow throughers. We want to, you know, feel like we have completed our tasks. And this is a non-completion task. This is a infinite task, but the separation is complete. We are not obligated to be here. We want to be here. We like being here, but we also absolutely know that we don't have to be here and that the world doesn't end if our consistency, quote unquote, doesn't look the way that our old programming says it needs to look and like the that again like I feel like that evidence of like we we were doing it as a podcast but we weren't (laughs) at the same time like it was very much part of our own processes I mean yeah like just wow but seeing that that separation has really occurred that like we aren't here because we have to record a podcast we get to record a podcast yes and and it fulfills us into (laughs) give in this way but also giving us you know that's it's the permission to rest it's the permission to not do something that you're not feeling into Mm -hmm. and it's to say and to be able to say yeah you know what i just I need quiet time. I need alone time. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not there today or I'm not whatever. Um, and to also give people space to live their life. Yeah. Like if, you know, if we're on our normal schedule and I'm like, Vanessa, I have a chance to go here and I don't want to pass it up because I've been wanting to do this. So we're not going to record. And we're like, okay, you know, yeah. there isn't a sense of like, Oh my gosh, you know, because I know I was for myself, I was very rigid for me in the beginning because yeah. I know my tendencies. Same. I was like, <laughs> nope, we're gonna do this every Sunday. We're gonna make sure we do this. We're gonna do X, Y, and Z because you're gonna follow through on this thing and not just leave it half done half done because you lose interest. Right. Like right. I was so rigid. <laughs> remember we used to like try to like make lists of topics so that I know. We could, you know and now it's like we literally just show up and be like what do you feel like doing what do you feel what spirit tell us what is important for us to talk about today like 
It's so funny, but we need, we needed that, right? Like we needed to provide the rigidity for us in order for us to realize we don't need it. (laughs) Just so like, that's so how the universe works. (laughs) And and, and to, to realize is that, you know, it's important to see the importance and to do it because of the importance, not because we're being rigid within ourselves. Yes. And it actually kind of like what, while you were talking before too, I was thinking about our topic that we had, that we did choose for today, which, you know, is kind of that, that codependency, right? Like, and again, like when we talk about the separation of it and being like, were we creating a codependency with our project, right? That was like, we need it and we have to, and without it, we're not. And, you know, putting all of these things putting all of this energy around it that didn't belong that we don't need to right like we can we can separate from that and put the boundary there between us and it and it will still thrive and it will still be great and we will still be connected to it if not more connected to it because we feel it as like a super positive energy yep shazam yeah (laughs) here we are and we're done how did I think? Yeah. No, <laughs> <laughs> well, we got all that. <laughs> I know, y'all. Sorry. I mean, we literally haven't haven't heard the words. The recording has begun and long enough that it it's like set off that trigger in in the brain of excitement and yeah. the creativity that you know had had needed to be put over here for a little bit so we could make space for what what we needed to work on. Really. Amen. Amen. Yes. So So, yeah, let's talk about it. Let's talk about codependency. Um, so my contribution to codependency subject is how great I used to be at doing it. (laughs) Champion codependent. (laughs) I am I am more than I am like the you know world champion. No, I'm sure there's people that that have see. I feel for me, and this may be similar to if you are a codependent type of creational relationship person, or if you see other people doing it, this may trigger some understanding of, of, you know, why, but, you know, growing up, I was just not very important for people to pay attention to. Like I felt that way. Mm-hmm. And I felt like, um, I was a people pleaser because I made everything all better. And that's where I got my value from. And if I made people happy, then I was valuable. I was worth their time. I was worth their energy. I was worth their love. And so as I begin to grow into adulthood, I created very, I I didn't have many friends. I don't do, I don't ever have many friends because I, it's exhausting and it's too exhausting for me. And I'm very selective who comes into my inner sanctum because mm-hmm. I'm a different person and not everybody can understand how to relate to me or that the fact that, Oh my God, she like, she's that person. Like, really? She's that's weird. You know, because like I would, my friend, Amy forever ago, we've known each other forever and like for her birthday or for, you know, whatever I would send her flowers. Like, like, and she loved roses. So I would always send her roses. Her friends would be like, is she gay? Like, <laughs> he would, they would be like, 
why did she send you flowers? Oh my god. <laughs> and Amy would just be like, because that's how she expresses how she feels and that's who she is and that's who I used to be. I I love sending people flowers. Are you kidding? Because yeah. I think, you know, people are like, somebody felt, I felt it, somebody, t- like, when I receive flowers, I get excited because I feel like, oh my gosh, somebody took enough time to decide what they were going to send me the fact that they wanted to send it to me and the fact that they actually did. And I know how expensive flowers are that they were going to do that for me. And I didn't have to, I just exist. You know, it was really hard for me to, you know, I, I never received it. And so when I do, I get excited. I get like emotional. I, you know, it's, it's something that's very touching for me. And anyways and so with codependency amy was one of my first relationships that was codependent Mm -hmm. because at at some point in time it shifted like at first we were both kind of in the shit we were both kind of at the same place but like as we grew like i would come over and help her do things i would spend time with her we would go do stuff for her we would um you know we would there was a lot of me acquiescing to what she wanted Mm -hmm. and being the people pleaser now i used to complain you know way back when which is how i manifested the ra you know oh um nobody wants to help me nobody's there for me i don't have you know i'm not whatever whatever but in hindsight i see where there was help she did help me a lot of times and that there was this sense of like, I didn't ask ever, which is another big sign of being a codependent person is you never ask for help mm-hmm. because you're the one who's supposed to be saving people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you upset the balance. Right. Mm-hmm. So I didn't. And then as I grew and understood that it was a codependent relationship, and and I kind of stepped back. She took that as me removing my love from her. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that was really hard to kind of take because I'm like, oh, no, no. It has nothing to do with you. It has everything to do with me and my mindset and my shifting. And in the beginning, your pendulum swifts, shifts so the opposite way yeah. that you go from being codependent to being non-existent. <laughs> right. <laughs> the ghost so okay. it's like you that know <laughs> here and gone it's like you know there's this no sense of happy medium of hey you know what i'm doing some growing and i'm realizing this this and this about myself i may like kind of disappear and it has nothing to do with you you know there's never any sense of wanting to share it because well first of all it's embarrassing and i don't want the person to feel bad about that part of our friendship but at the same time i didn't know how to say that I didn't know because no, it's part of the people pleasing that's not yeah. that's not in the people pleasing set because you know it's going to upset somebody and that it knows you know that you are going to have to deal with the conflict and you are going to have to also deal with the urge to go backwards yeah. and back into the people pleasing and codependency because of how you'll feel and we know that and brain knows that and heart knows that and soul knows that so we create a separation that is out of safety yeah but we can't express safety where safety doesn't exist. Like, right. Like we're trying to build a wall of safety. We can't talk about the wall of safety because we'll knock it over. (laughs) 
hundred <laughs> percent. And you know, there and so there was two main relationships that I um I experienced um with that with that were close friends. Mm-hmm. Um one of and, and unfortunately Amy and I were friends on Facebook, but we don't ever really talk. Mm-hmm. Um, which makes me sad because she was really one of my favorite people. I mean, not to mention the fact that, you know, we used to be Amy and Amy, double trouble, you know, way back <laughs> when. And so yeah. it was like, there's a sense of history there. There's a sense of, you know, we've, we've both been through a lot of shit. And, you know, I, <clears throat> I miss, I, I miss interacting with her a mm-hmm. lot. Um, but I don't know that I have the ability or I don't know where she's at. So I'm not willing to take the step into saying, Hey, how are you? And I've sent her messages privately that have not got responded to. So I leave it at that. Um, Mm -hmm. but I have one that I'm still friends with that brings up the topic, which has created the topic was how do you take a codependent relationship? into this stage of happy attachment healthy attachment happy attachment healthy attachment well happy too (laughs) as a Freudian slip as we call them (laughs) because we know that codependency is an unhappy uh, unhappy attachment (laughs) so you know can is it possible to bridge that relationship from the codependent to the other side of it because I'm trying to but I'm finding that I still have a lot of codependent tendencies. Like I see them and I recognize them. So I stop before it becomes that. But at the same time, I feel, I don't know that that'll ever be washed from the dynamics of the relationship. So that's my story with codependency. (laughs) I'm going to invite Miss Vanessa to talk (laughs) about it because I can't wait to see or hear what she has to say well yeah (laughs) well codependency was first introduced to me um in discussion with like aa and alcoholics and and you know they're they're uh the people that love them and addict you know addiction and that kind of thing so codependency for me growing up was kind of in that realm like it was it was part of an addiction thing it was like almost like I I didn't understand or I wasn't really taught that it was a thing that can be in any relationship you know so it was kind of um skewed for me for a really long time and it also you know didn't until I started to do my own work of what that meant I didn't quite understand the inner workings of codependency right like because we throw the word around but like, what does that mean? We think of people who are obsessed with each other, right? And we're like, oh, you're codependent because you're obsessed with each other. Yeah. And that becomes like the label that we throw on things like that. But when like the like the dynamic you're talking about is completely different than an obsession with each other, because that's not that the, the scales are tipped very much in the other the in one direction of I'm a, a provider and you're a taker, but that there is a dependency that each person has in that relationship, right? Like I'm depending on my service being necessary and needed and, you know, all being the rescuer and being the helper and being on call and being important and all of that kind of stuff. And they're depending on receiving that. And that's where that dependence comes from is because there's, there isn't enough independence of I get those things elsewhere or I provide those things elsewhere or we both get something that's healthy for each other 
that that skew becomes unhealthy. And that's where, you know, where we have those, those discussions, because it's hard sometimes to know if you are in an equal relationship, friendship, anything, right? Because there may be a skew of one being a giver and one being a taker, because you're better at something uh, than the other. But it's that emptying out (laughs) without refilling, that I think is, to me, the major part of codependency of me being able to see in my own life that very much like what Grace is describing, my codependent relationships were about what I needed to provide in order to have value. And I was dependent on being able to to provide that to find value. I was dependent on even sometimes people's reactions in order to keep my value and my worth up there of who I was, my identity being too wrapped up in my relationships and how they look and what they seem like and what I provide and what people talk about when they talk about my name. You know, it was, there was a whole bunch of things that were wrapped up in that, that made my friendships and relationships codependent because I couldn't rip myself away from it and keep my identity. And that was really tough pill to swallow because I felt like, you know, I broke lots of cycles in my family and blah, 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 blah. And it was like, Ooh, that the root cause isn't same as what you learned. So yeah, you did kind of carry that in there. How do I change that? It is the hardest thing to do when you have trained somebody to accept your codependent behaviors, because that's, I mean, that's the the long and short of it is that I had to understand that I trained those people to have those expectations by being unhealthy in those friendships and that my pulling back absolutely wasn't going to be understood a thousand percent because I trained you one way and now I'm expecting you to be okay with my shift. Shit. (laughs) And that's why when you were talking about that, I was like, oh, I understand because it kept me in so many to this day, still trying to sort my way through some of those friendships because trying to explain what you're doing to somebody who does not want it, does not like what it is going to mean for them. Right. Is extremely difficult. So it is easier to avoid it. And sometimes it is the actual solution because somebody will not accept it and they will continue to come at you and come at you and come at you. And you have to be able to say, then I need to be inaccessible. That's how I break this codependency. Sucks for a people pleaser. It is the hardest thing because now you know that you have negatively impacted somebody. You've got guilt because you trained them to expect something. And now you've pulled away and yada, yada, yada. It's, hard. However, super necessary because unless you do that, you just keep creating the same bonds with people. (laughs) I saw it. It was like, until it came into my forefront, I thought, oh, you just keep doing it because you'll overgive and you'll over over help because you continuously feel that that's your identity. You continuously train people to see you a certain way. And not only that, but you, you're keeping alive the narrative that creates those codependencies to begin with, yeah. which are all from trauma or a belief system that is not mm-hmm. really true. Mm-hmm. So you're re-imprinting the situations. And a lot of times it mirrors situations from your childhood, mm-hmm. from 
<laughs> the parental part of it. Um, we were just talking about it. Some epiphanies I have reached about my parental trauma and, and realizing that and realizing a lot of other things. I'm like, Oh, these certain situations I'm keeping alive by creating them in a way that, that fulfills a narrative and that's not healthy. Um, you know, every codependent relationship, I can say, well, that person's not available to help me. Well, did you ask for help? And if you did ask for help and they said, no, were you asking for something that was unrealistic? Right. Something that you never came into evaluating, right? Because we, when we are, when we are in the codependent energy, we will attract people who want what we have and we will not, unless we're consciously looking at it, we will not evaluate the the equal part it always comes later when we need something right and then we go oh shit (laughs) i created a relationship where i'm not going to get what i need because i didn't even look to see if it was possible if that person had the capability to provide for me anything right like because it's not like we go in and evaluate everybody and be like what can i get from you like that's not the energy that we're talking about but if we go in and know that somebody has so much damage that they are not going to be able to provide you anything that even a pause, right? You have to be able to know that up front so that you can have your boundary up front. And then you can make a conscious decision of whether or not you're going to enter into that training program. I call it a training program for a reason, because it, we do have to have some responsibility for what we've what we've done when we turn around and say, why can't you give this to me? And they're like, I never could. Right. It's like, shit. I know. Like I get, I I get that because I took it all on and decided I was the one and trained you to believe that I was the one. And now I'm going back on my word because I wasn't healthy when I showed up either. (laughs) And that's so sad, but it's true because that breeds into the idea of having expectations of people that aren't able to meet those expectations. It's like, you know, when you're, you're, you're helping someone out, you're helping someone with, you know, some emotional trauma or their own childhood trauma. And then you're like wanting that reciprocated from a person who is like, not even able to cope with their own. (laughs) Here, take on my burden too. And let's see if you can figure that one out. Right. And then being hurt when they can't. (laughs) And so, you know, and some people say, well, you know, I have friends who have trauma that have helped me. Yeah, because that's, they have capacity. Right. They have understanding, they have tools. They don't necessarily need you to solve or to help them through their trauma, but they enjoy you spending time and listening and they're able to hear you. It's like me and Vanessa, we have trauma. We Mm -hmm. don't, we don't. It's just that we both have tools and ability to um, not need somebody to fix it for us, but take we've taken ownership and responsibility of what's there so that we can heal it, so that mm-hmm. we can find healing and we share it with each other, not to get help, but to just hold space, mm-hmm. to sometimes share what's in our heads and why we've been kind of a little left of center. Also, mm-hmm. if there's reflection, we invite each other, we invite the reflection because Vanessa may see Vanessa's not in my forest so she can see the trees and she can say well you know these trees don't belong here 
because they're of a different species and from somebody else. So mm -hmm. we need to eradicate those things or, you know, or, you know, maybe it's looking not at those, but look over here and same with, you know, vice versa. Mm -hmm. That's a healthy relationship. But it's, I think that that happens when we have finally decided that we are responsible for our own lives and that no, there's not one person that can fix it or save us or change our situations. It's like, I, you know, my codependent friends, well, you know, Amy never really needed to be saved. There was a sense of the needing of support. Yeah. Mm -hmm. and, 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 you know, when I, you know, when I wanted, needed support, the stuff I needed support with wasn't something that she understood or could work through, but, you know, but there are some friends that the one I'm struggling with right now is a sense of every message that is sent to me. Hey, I wanted to ask your help with this. Hey, mm -hmm. I wanted to ask your help with this. Mm -hmm. Hey, I wanted to ask your help with this. And yeah. it, it rarely starts with, how are you doing? Do you have the capacity to help me with this? Is mm -hmm. it okay? There's no sense of wanting to know where that other person is at. There's just an expectation that other person is going to show up. Yeah. And, and you're not being hired to do so. Right. Cause as right. you said that I was like, oh, that's not like what my clients do, but they're my clients. Yeah. They right? Like you. that's the relationship we've created is you let me know when you need me. And that's what I'm here for. Yep. But we're not intertwined like this and you will pay me to do it. <laughs> right. Because that's, that's the agreement that we've entered into. Yeah. I don't provide this because it does empty my cup some days, you know, and that it, it, there, there has to be an exchange, right. And the exchange in this case is financial so that I can pay my bills. So it becomes an even exchange for me because of how I've set my prices when it's only pouring out because the exchange doesn't exist. We can't pretend that that's okay because it's not, it gets to us at some point and the exchange doesn't always have to look exactly the same, but it has to be there. Right. Like what you were just saying of, you know, it's okay to ask me for help. I help my friends. Of course, I'm going to help my friends. But if all I'm here to do is provide help for my friends and I don't get an energy exchange of any kind, the, I'm going to feel the imbalance at some point and I'm going to want to tip those skills back. But that person isn't going to be able to provide that exchange as I can see that they cannot or they would, right? People will, people will give what they can. They absolutely will. We all do. If, they, if what they can, though, is nothing <laughs> because of their own turmoil, then it, it is our, our, our responsibility to be able to see that and say, okay, you know, like I, we've got to step back because you need the empowerment. You know, you need, you need the empowerment of being able to do some of these things on your own, but it is also a teaching of like, these are things that I need in order to have an energy exchange. And if we can't have an energy exchange, then we have to have a boundary that's yeah. stronger than that. It's hard. It's, it sucks. It's it, especially when you love people the way that we love people, we don't want to feel like we're abandoning them right. because we know how it feels like to be abandoned. We yeah. don't want to feel like we're letting them down because we know how it feels to be fiercely independent because people let you down, right? Like we have all those processes going on in our own heads of what we think we're providing to somebody when we put a boundary up <laughs> and it's really freaking hard, but on the other end of it, I know what it is like to have a healthy boundary put on me and what it does for me to release me from my obligation. 
yes. that I've created too. <laughs> so it's like, you know, sometimes there's a hidden gem in there too that we are not allowing to happen because we're putting on our, our friggin' capes every second of the day. And I think too is that as as a creator of a codependent relationship, I had to look at what I was and was not sharing. Yeah. So I can't expect them to be supportive of me when I'm willing to share what I need to share and what I need support of. Yeah. Like that was a big thing is because I didn't trust people. And I was like, mm. you know, it wasn't, <laughs> you know, it, it's just, it's yeah. this wild <laughs> process. And I'm like, okay, yeah, you say they didn't help you, but you didn't say you needed help. You didn't share what you needed help with. But yeah. yet at the same time, my brain is like, yeah, but they're not going to help be able to help me in the way that I need it. Well, okay, that may be true, but if you want help in some sort of way, or if you want them to help you, decide what they can help you with. You and know, Lord, as you said that, I thought, oh God, like I, I mean, I had a little bit of like a oh shit, because how many times have we received help that we didn't know we needed? Yeah, because <laughs> we thought we knew what we needed, right? <laughs> damn it oh i know (laughs) so (laughs) like like literally this podcast how we started (laughs) yes oh my god we did not know we needed this help in our lives so we didn't even go looking for it but it showed up (laughs) sure did um so when we're when we're looking at our codependency tendencies we need to check ourselves too because it's not just about, you know, them and what they're doing. It's also about us and being responsible for our actions. Yeah. If you know you're a codependent type of person, meaning you create codependent relationships, then you need to watch your actions. Do you have boundaries? Do you allow yourself to be overtaxed by certain things, even though like you're exhausted, you're tired, you know, but they call you and it's their fire you know, are you still rushing to put that fire out for them? Yeah. Or are you shutting off your phone, turning off your ringer and saying, if the fire's there in the morning, I will assist them in the morning mm-hmm. because chances are there's nothing you can do to prevent, to give. The person needs to just go to bed. You know, it's, it's like, yeah, <laughs> much you can do in order to, help them in that moment and if they need that level of help all the time they really need to get professional help you know what i mean like i feel that if you're if you're asking a lot of a person who's not your therapist i need you to go seek therapy right because you're not paying me and this is therapist type of work and here's the here's the rub though okay this is something I want to share just because it it made me shake my head. (laughs) So while I want everyone to be able to access therapy to help them, it is so important, but it makes me chuckle knowing what I've shared, knowing what I've said, knowing the advice that they've gotten, that I've given the things that I've said, the things that they've asked of, And then to have the therapist say something very similar with one or two word differences and for them to come and say, oh my God, this is what they said. 
And oh my God, I never thought of that. I, oh my God, like that's amazing. Knowing you've said that exact same things probably 15 times in the past 10 years and shared this with that person with very little change to the way it was said. It showed me that they don't really listen to what I have to say. You're too close to it. I tell people this all the time. This is why my family, when they ask me for stuff, I give them the most general whatever because I know, and it's not their fault. I'm too close to it. There is a subconscious process that goes on in their brain when they hear my words that say that there is an alternate reality of why I'm saying them or why I'm giving that information. And I detached from the outcome of it because it was very frustrating for a long time to be like, then why the hell did you waste my time if you weren't even going to listen? <laughs> and and it was like, okay, you, you've got to remember now that you've had that experience that when you are too close to somebody and you are providing them therapy type stuff, <laughs> their brain, even not consciously, sometimes thinks that you're doing it because you're their friend, yep. that you're saying something and it gets through, it goes through a filter that they're not conscious of they're not sitting there listening to you while you talk and go you're just saying that sometimes but a lot of times it isn't and so when somebody who's a complete stranger or somebody who ha- they have in their brain it has a different set of knowledge or has a different set of reasons behind their knowledge yeah. it will go through it won't go through that same filter yeah and this is why I don't do it anymore because I no, I'm too close to most things. I, it's like, because when you're too close to somebody, they, they can't hear it. And, you know, and for me, my reaction first is like, are you fucking kidding me? Did <laughs> I not just say that 900 times? But you could be so of, much further ahead if you just listened. <laughs> I know, right? So, <laughs> and all you know and even just the the words of like honey you don't deserve that this isn't yeah. this isn't your monkey you don't need to solve this and then <clears throat> they continue to do it and yeah. but I, I i calm myself down and i switch to the idea of well thank god you heard it this yeah. time thank god somebody said it in a way that you heard it yeah. but but it also reminded me you need to take another giant step backwards yes. and from the situation Mm-hmm. allow them to use therapy as what it's for amen i mean you talk amen. about things but i'm just like i'm not giving the advice and to be honest with you it's like most of the time we give advice is unsolicited <laughs> so and i don't think that's that's a board that's a boundary crosser too so right. i'm just like okay unless yeah. someone straight up asks me what what how do you think i should work through this yeah i am not giving that i'm not giving it it's like i'm giving my shit away for free and energetically and let's take it a step further so in my life you know i struggle with the idea of um creating uh you know what it is and who i am into this world and and so i you know it's sorry i just saw crow and I totally like went left or center and I'm like, oh, there's a crow. There's a murder of crows outside my patio. They've come to share messages with you all. Um, where was I going with this, Vanessa? 
<laughs> well, I mean, of course, I don't know where you were going with it, but <laughs> just kind of the dis- the discussion of um, like the unsol- unsolicited advice. But when you were saying unsolicited advice, I felt like it was literally just the kind of that people pleasing rescuer type thing that we do. Yes. And being able to pull back from that and being able to say, like, I don't have to give anything in this moment um, because I, it's pouring too much. It's 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 energy out that I don't need to put out because I think what sparked this was something about energy um, and energetically what it does, um, which I, I mean, I, I definitely feel like it, 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 that is part of the adjustment of the of codependency is not because people used to always say, oh you give such good advice and it was like i know right like i know because i try not to give things like that are that suck right <laughs> like i really am very thoughtful about the information i try to provide to you but also am i offering it up and now creating that codependency yes absolutely 100% unless you ask and i know that you are solution oriented about this problem i'm going to stop doing it because otherwise you are problem oriented i am solution oriented i'm pouring into a cup that has a hand over it because yeah. <laughs> they don't want to it's turned upside down <laughs> right right and then i'm just gonna get mad that i spilled all my beauty <laughs> right like all my wonderfulness got is all over the place and you didn't get anything from it and that's not the exchange i'm looking for here and while I may have great advice for you, while I may have fabulous guidance for you, I'm going to make you ask for it now. And that, and then even then I'm going to filter it and I'm going to make it something that makes me feel good about the possible lack of exchange for it. Yes. Because I've burned myself out too much by trying to rescue everybody in their fires you know, you send me a big, long thing and I recognize what's happening here. And I also recognize that you need empowerment. I'm not going to jump in with you. Nope. I'm going to keep it short and sweet and I'm going to distance myself. And it is not because I don't love you. It's because I love me. And because I understand that I'm too close to this for what I want to say to be heard. And, you know, and, and in saying that I had that conversation, it's funny because I, I decided that I needed to say that and have that conversation saying, look, I need you to rely on your therapist. I feel I don't want to give contradictory ideas or thoughts or, you know, whatever. And I said, I, I, I want to empower you to work with your therapist to empower yourself. And it's not up to me. Well, that was met with a lot of, you know, a lot of pushback because that's, that's the problem is that there's an expectation that's being unmet now. So what I was driving at before the murder of crows showed up <laughs> was in giving all this advice away for free with the portents of it being, you know, friends and whatever, it kind of affirms to the universe that I don't need to be paid for my gifts. And while when it's mutual, it's different. Like Gay Yeshua and I, we help each other we talk to each other we talk each other off the ledge every now and again like Mm -hmm. you know there's a mutual mutuality that i know when i go to him with sharing some of my heavy stuff he'll ask do you have do you have space to hear some some feedback or 
And then he comes to me and I say, do you have space to hear some feedback? So there's a mutual giving and taking. So in those aspects, I feel it's a wash. Mm-hmm. And it's a us having gifts, like me and Vanessa, we both have gifts. We share with each other. We support each other. When you're creating codependency, the scales are not even. The scales are a little heavy on one side. The other thing that I really want to say is be careful on how much less you allow to in order to try to bring the scales into balance because the scales will never be in balance. If you keep like lowering that bar, you know, that, you know, wanting her, wanting that person to ask, how are you before they ask you for help? Wanting that person to say, Hey, I was thinking of you just wanted to say hi. And before they're asking for help, you know, and then that person does it. And then it's like, you're okay to be codependent. You know, it's like, don't mm-hmm. take crumbs when you deserve the full meal. Yes. Yes. That was, it, it's funny because that had gone in, it came into my mind when you were talking before, but then something else came into my mind when you were talking before. And I've forgotten because you would, you did mention that, that it was like, I don't even get a, but then it's like, what happens when we tell somebody that then we'll get it, but we know it's a crumb, right? Like, and it does not do for us what we, what it would have done if it had been from the start and had come from them, right? Like, it's because we know that, that, that it is, it is still not an energy exchange that is even, or even close enough that we feel like it's, it's, it's genuine and part of the process. Yeah. It's just a formality to get what you need. Yeah in that moment and it's hard to trust that it's something they want and not something they're using to get yes what they need yes so that's really hard to differentiate between the two a big romantic relationship of my life (laughs) tell me what you want then i tell them and i'm like "Mm, you're just gonna do it as a manipulation yeah (laughs) you can't trust that level of trust is gone right 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 it's, you know, it's the observation of if you were to see, if you were to go back and to see how frequently I reply to calls of help before that person is engaged with my well-being, especially because friends, I am a week out from finally taking COVID. I had a friend who knows I had COVID, but wishing me well was the hindsight at the end of the conversation where I have had friends who called me nearly every day. How are you feeling? Is there something you need? Can I order you groceries? Can I drop something off at your house? What is it? Can I help you with? And even if they weren't offering that, they would just call me to Mm -hmm. keep me company because Mm -hmm. they know how isolated I was which one of these are a non-codependent relationship Mm -hmm. it's 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 hard because i have expressed this before about relationships and friendships is that i think we just i think a lot of us just want genuine attention 
and the genuine understanding of who we are. I know most of the friends I have that I spend adequate time with, I know kind of what makes them happy. I know kind of where they're at in like how they want to be treated. Like I know that there are certain friends like Yeshua. I text him. I don't call him because that's his boundary. Don't call me because a lot he has issues with phone calls. Mm-hmm. If he calls me, it's great. But I will text him and say, hey, do you have a minute for a phone call? It's I know the things that make him feel cared for, make him feel important, make him feel supported. I know these things by my general interaction and my attention to that person. Now, does that come from being a people pleaser my whole life? You bet. But But if that attribute, if I can get anything from being a formal people pleaser, the attribute of understanding people and how it they work and their love languages and what it is I can do to lift their spirits when I have bandwidth, then I will take that. Mm-hmm. Well, and this is, this opens up because I was, I had been scribbling before, right? <laughs> like, I, like when things furiously come to me, I'm like, Oh, I'll write them down. Cause sometimes I need to like have them on a piece of paper for later. <laughs> like it's not always for now. Sometimes it's for later. And <sighs> codependency relationships, like, I realized as you were talking about that, some like the the trust is the major thing about any kind of relationship, right? Because when we talk about the kind the, who we're in a friendship with and understanding the kind of person that they are, right? Are you the kind of person that is going to check in on me because it, with genuine concern, um? Or are you the kind of person that won't check in because that's just not who you are, but I accept that and understand that and it's okay. And there's, because I trust you, right? Huge difference, right? Because like who we are and who we show up as, we're trying to make that be like equal. And we're trying to also not put expectations on people that we wouldn't put on ourselves, but sometimes it makes us put non-expectations as well. And then we, we don't realize until afterwards that, that, that was necessary. But when you, when you said that one thing, I thought of something I had to break because of that people pleasing. I'm not the kind of person who likes to be checked on. I know that it's like, I understand part of it being that like, it's that independence thing or whatever, but sometimes it literally to me, if I don't feel great, and somebody comes to me, I now feel responsible for their concern. I know it, as you guys hear this, you're going to be like, what? I feel responsible. I, I feel like I have to ease their concern over <laughs> taking care of myself. So I don't like it. I don't like it. So it doesn't come to my mind to do that often. I expect people to come to me when they need help because that's what I do. Right. So in like, even when you were, when you were talking about that, And I was thinking, you know what? I don't often check in on people because number one, because there's just too many people. I like want to check in on everybody. But also it's like, I have a a subconscious process that goes on back there that says, just wait for them. They'll let you know. They'll let you know if they need that. And a lot of times they'll let me know when they didn't get it too. 
And it's like, oh, I want to make sure I show up as who I am all the time so that people can trust that my action or inaction is genuine, that it has little or nothing to do with how I feel about you. It just always has something to do with my own ability to give or not give in that moment. And it totally like when you were saying it, I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like this is a major part of that codependency conversation because expectation is big there and making sure that we're understanding the other person that we're in a friendship or relationship with. Because if we don't understand them, then we have an expectation that creates a dependency on the expectation. And it only can become true and we can only create trust if we're seeing the person for who they are. And when you said that about Yeshua, like you see Yeshua for who he is, like, and knowing his capacity and knowing his action or inaction, how much weight to put on either one of those things that doesn't happen in a codependent relationship because we feel the instability. We feel that like we feel it before we even know it. (laughs) So it's like, whoa, like mind blowing. Because, and if you you want to take that a step farther, is like, (laughs) you know, and and when we're talking about you know people's abilities and needs and wants, I take cues from people's actions. Mm -hmm. So, for example, I'm not a constant texter. Like, I don't need to check in every day. I'm not a person who's that type of person. But my tendency is to want to every now and again, check in with someone, but like we'll use our, in, in coming to Freud's angels, I had to step back and see like, how does Vanessa work? Mm-hmm. What signals is she giving me to do or not do and how to interact with her? And so like, I'll always check in when I like, cause I'm always thinking of you, mm-hmm. but like every now and again, I'm like, I need to see how she's doing because I don't know. There's something wrong with the force. Like I feel a disturbance in the force. And so I'll be like, how are you doing? Are you okay? Mm -hmm. You know, thankfully we've had every Sunday in the past two years (laughs) in order to come together and to mutually support each other, which again, creating structure around support, you Mm -hmm. know? And, but now that we've not doing it, I'm like, Oh, I like, I want to know how you're doing. And so it's like, I kind of go through the route of checking in and, the conversation may take three days to get to have the conversation, but mm-hmm. it's at least I've reached out in a way that's comfortable for you that says, I'm thinking of you. I'm wondering how things are going. Let mm-hmm. me know, you know, if you want to chat, if you want to talk, it's like saying I'm expressing my concern, but mm-hmm. totally on your terms. Yep. Mm-hmm. Because you know me and you know, our connection and you trust our connection. Yes. And (laughs) is there sometimes that I have to put a little bit of like, no, you're going to take my help in this and then you're going to be okay with it. Again, sometimes I don't know the help I need. (laughs) Same here, same here. You know, I go to issues and he laughs at me and he's not at me, but kind of chuckles and it's like, so you want to open to some feedback? And I'm like, yes. (laughs) But, but it's, It's like that, you know, I I guess in some ways that's how it's not easy and it's not black or white about how to have a codependent versus a a non-codependent friendship. There is no, 
do exactly this for codependency yeah. and do exactly that for not codependency. Yeah. The biggest there's a feeling, yes. right? Like, and that's the thing yeah. that, I mean, that's what's so hard about everything that, that we ever try to teach or speak on or anything like that is that there's a feeling. And when you say a feeling, even that is this big, like generic word. And it's like, yeah, there's lots of feelings, but there's just a feeling that you get in a trusting non-codependent feeling or a relationship that until you feel it, you can't quite pinpoint what is codependency, right? Like it's like, and without contrast, we don't see clearly. We need the contrast to see clearly. And until you've had those experiences of being like, well, this is how I operate. This is how you operate. In order for us both to operate together, I will put something out there with with the expectation of who you are and vice versa. And that's it. Like it's it's all you've got to do is show up as you because you've shown me you and I expect you, but I also know that you changes and that's okay too, right? Like there's this fluidity that shows up but when we're in a codependent relationship, there is no fluidity. So we don't, we, we have very clear, this is how it is. There is no contrast in order for that to, to bounce off of in only codependent relationships. And until that happens, we don't see it. Yeah. But so like, we're doing lots of talking about the codependency and like kind of how to spot it and what it looks like and how we've experienced it. But I think it's important to, to teach how to find like why you're doing it. Right. Cause I feel like that's, that to me was the game changer, right? Like of, of actually shifting so that I wouldn't keep doing it because it was like up here, I was like, Oh, you know, you're always this, but it wasn't until I understood why I was providing that. <laughs> <laughs> of like why I continue to fall into the hole like why is it that all of my friendships and relationships are like this it's not just that I'm attracting these people because I have this wonderful gift what's my participation in it what am I receiving from this codependency that I have to stop receiving through this codependency and what energy am I putting out in order that attracts the people that like people who have codependent relationships yeah well because I'm asking for it Yep. Right. What I need, if I need to be of service, well, I'm going to call people. I'm a beacon of service. (laughs) Well, and here's the thing too, is that when I explored, now this is my experience with exploring and under identifying, like I look, I had to look at it and go, what role, what are you, what not only am I getting from it, but what role am I playing and that led me to understand that a i was doing it because i needed to feel worthy and important in someone's life and if i'm so important that i do everything for them they're not going to abandon me mm-hmm. they're not going to walk away from me they're not going to run away like i'm that person that came and and in my exploration from being a people pleaser with an alcoholic stepfather because if I made him happy, nobody got hurt. It was mm-hmm. my responsibility to keep him happy because my mother got child support when she divorced him and my older brother didn't get beat up. And, it, and you know, mm-hmm. and so that's part of it. The other part of it is my mom, not, want, not, I didn't need to pay attention because you were always such a good kid. 
So lack of being important, like you're not going to give me your time and attention because I'm a good kid. Mm -hmm. So if I make myself invaluable to people in their lives, then they won't leave me. They won't Mm -hmm. ignore me. I can be a part of their lives. And it's also a providing worth for myself. When I started to do the healing work is when I started to kind of like observe my codependence or relationships. But there was also this heady mix of needing to be the healer for everybody and wanting to heal everybody and wanting to be that and do and be the person that people go to without paying me at the expense of my own well-being, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And it made me realize is that it part of it was me avoiding my own pain and the other part of it was becoming invaluable to people so that they don't leave me yeah identity when it becomes your identity you don't notice because you're just being you earning somebody's love yeah that's just how you do it that's i mean and it's so simplistic it sounds funny when we say it because we're like well then just don't do it but like it's the core of who i am you know and and it gets mistake like it, it gets mistake mistaken for a gift sometimes because it's like what's what am i when am i operating from gift and when am i operating from like trauma (laughs) shit right like we talk about intuition versus trauma hey man like it where it it, trauma shows up in all kinds of weird places and this absolutely being one of them of you know knowing that my role in my family was always caretaker because my parents were trying to learn how to be caretakers be able to pay for things and you know get their own selves together you know and so I was a helper in that I was sometimes felt as an equal in the providing and taking on that role of big sister and helper around the house and and feeling the pride of it and feeling like you know that's that's your gift that's what you do And when things were not going well and like I was doing well in school or, and, and, you know, I was well liked and, and I was like kind of the identity, you know, taking on the identity of the family of everything is fine. Look at how things are like, look at how I'm turning out. Everything's wonderful. right? Like kind of just accepting this whole thing that I did never had to accept, but it just crept in and became, and when you really take it apart and be like, Oh, it's a, it is a relief to not have to do it, you know, to not feel like you have to do it in order to be you, you know, it's like, I don't, I'm, I'm me in all the forms that I show up in. And that means also me ghost me who's taking care of herself. That does not detract from the identity of healer. That does not detract from the identity of friend mom, even, you know, that's, that's all part, all part of that identity. It has to be in order for me to be, feel like a balanced human being, but all of that codependency coming from that core identity that was created through my family, trying to hold it together. And what, what part, what role I played in that, taking it out there and we'll look at the special gift I received. Look at the special gift I have. I I should share it with the world. I should be, I should, should, should. Being like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Okay, there are two separate things. 
your operation in your family is your operation in your family. And that's fine. You can take on what I, whatever identity that is, but your gift in the world, you get to choose. You get to choose who accesses it. You get to choose how you show up as it. You get to choose whether or not you even want to use it. You could say, no, I'm not going to take care of anybody ever again. <laughs> that is your right. And it's your right. right. But it's so difficult until you do the look inside to be like, well, why am I doing this? Why yeah. am I participating? So many people, right? Like I'm sick of giving because all people do is take and I never get anything back. Like, girl, you are participating. Don't give yeah. to people who who are going to only take That's and only give what you want work. to give. Yes. Only give what you want to give. <laughs> Such a hard lesson to get across the, the noggin, you know? Like I know, yeah. It's like it's one of the biggest, you know, because I, yeah, I- my mantra oh. and one of the mantras and getting RA was no one, no one helps me. I'm all alone and mm. no one, you know, reciprocates. But yet at the same time, it's like, okay, did you ask for the reciprocation? Did yeah. you, did you step up and say, Hey, I need some help. Um, right. You know, and, and what I, energy did you give when somebody gave it to you? Because I know for me, you try to give me help. I'm like, no, thank you. No, thank you. No, <laughs> yep. don't please. I got it. I'll handle it. Yeah. So yeah, it's definitely um I don't know. It's it's not an easy thing to look at, but it's fruitful. It's worth it. It's it's when we look at our part in the process and we look at how we perpetuate and create codependent relationships, we have to take ownership in our part. Friends, what what is the one thing I think we've been talking about since we started this? is us taking responsibility for our actions, for our energies, um, for, it's not to say that it's your fault because your family, I'm not blaming myself because my family didn't know how to nurture my me and, and make me feel not abandoned. I don't blame myself for it, but I also am not going to sit here and bemoan and blame my family and not grow and heal because I, I you know, because they did it. I need to heal despite the fact that they did it. I need to heal whatever it is within me, whether it's thought processes, brain synapses, whether it's uh, belief systems, whatever it is that's cellular memory that's inside of me that re repeats that process. I want to change it because I want to be happy. I don't, I, you know, I can't control what they did. I can't go back and change it, but I can change how I live my life and how I want to live my life. That's the biggest reason we do the work. Mm -hmm. And I encourage you to see, do I create codependent relationships? Do I feel my relationships are imbalanced? You know, do I recognize that and still accept that they're there in my life and I'm okay with it? But if you feel I give everything and get nothing, chances are you're living a codependent type of relationship. Mm -hmm. And also if you feel helpless all the time, you are on the other end of Yes. <laughs> relationship which we didn't get too much into because I don't think we can really relate to it as much as like you know because we're very much doers and, and whatever but when you're on the other end you know and we're right now you may be feeling like we're dumping on you 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 are participating as well and you don't have to you can you can be empowered 
And you can, you can tip those scales by some of the things that we've, that we've been talking about of like taking the, the, what, what am I getting from this codependent relationship that I feel like I have to take so much from in order to survive? What am I receiving that I didn't receive before so that I can shift this energy and not feel helpless as often as I do and not feel like I don't have answers and not feel like I need 53 people to tell me what to do before I'll do it because I don't trust myself, (laughs) which is a lot of times why we're getting people asking us for advice. They just need validation. Yeah. And they need validation from 10 more people because they don't trust themselves. So, you know, uh, the, the codependency is major, and it's hard because like you had said before, it is, it's very individual. There's so many different boundaries between codependency and community and codependency and leaning on somebody when you need to lean on them. And maybe we don't get the, we don't get leaned on for like a year, <laughs> right? Like there's a lot to it, but it all comes down to root cause, like everything, yeah. you know, if we are mostly healthy because we are mostly aware and we are doing most of the work to make sure that we are walking around as the the most healed version of us we are going to enter into less of these relationships because they are not going to match our vibration anymore they are not going to feel like us anymore and we're you know it's a battle but it's a worthy battle because it's good for everybody truly and it's it's a rough one you know like we'll never promise you that um everything can come with ease we will we'll let you know because we know it's painful it's hard sometimes to do some of this stuff but the other side of it being kind of the stuff that we've we've shared with you of opening our own energy fields up to things that fulfill us more and being able to have boundaries so that we don't feel empty all the time we don't feel like we're always giving and we're being used by people because we're not allowing ourselves to be used and we're allowing people who do use other people to figure out another way to find their empowerment, to not use our empowerment as their own and, and attach to it. Amen. Mic drop. (laughs) (laughs) We've, we've handed, see, this is what happens when we don't record. We go on to like an hour and a half podcast. So you know, <laughs> it's okay. We've we've dialed in a lot of information and we hope that you've taken a few good nuggets away. Um, you all deserve equity, equity, what is the equality within your friendships? Mm-hmm. Doesn't mean everything's going to be tit for tat. Doesn't mean one person's going to get exactly what the other person gets you can find equality in different ways that's acceptable Mm -hmm. with boundaries with understanding what Vanessa said shared before if that's not a true reason to show up as your true self the self who's not codependent but the true you so that they learn what the true you needs I, I don't know what a bigger sign than that so we encourage you to reach out if you have any issues with us or with us, if you have any issues <laughs> with codependency, and if you have any issues with us, come on, bring it down. We'll help you out. We'll send we you take to it. it. Yes. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll work you through that. 
we'll make you love us by the end. Um, <laughs> oh my God. That's what people please do. <laughs> <laughs> this is what happens when we don't record very often. I'm like, I don't I know. know what to say anymore. I'm like uh, punch drunk. <laughs> I know. Too. Um, it's also hot in my house. So I'm starting to get that, like, kind of like that sense of like, I'm overheated. <laughs> my, my cheeks are flushed and my brain is like, shut up, shut up. Um, anyway. So Vanessa is available for intuitive counseling. Um, so you may reach out to her at vanessaperry.net. I am also available for readings and healing sessions. Um, and you can contact me at graceevergreen.com or um, just Facebook. Look me up. I'm still working on my website. Basically, there's not much there, just a page. Um, <laughs> there, and I'm so happy to have a .com to talk about. <laughs> so, and or you can reach us through FreudsAngels.com. Whatever way you reach us, if you need us, we're here for you. We hope you're having an amazing summer. And by the time this comes out, it'll be fall. So may you be excited for the changes of the leaves and fall, and um, may you harvest. The stuff you've planted throughout the year and may that be a balm for your heart we love you and we'll talk to you soon okay love you if you were triggered by anything said in this podcast please dial 911 or go to your local emergency room more deeply understand your unique emotional reaction to today's podcast i'd love for you to connect with me you can find me at vanessa perry counselor at gmail.com or at www.vanessaperry.net. And if you wish to take your healing further through energy work or channeling angels or the highest level beings, please reach out to me, Grace, at graceevergreen.com or graceevergreen at outlook.com. And always remember you are loved, you are worthy, and the world needs your light.